welcome to another episode of the Political Prisoner Podcast, produced by Look Ahead America. I am the host, Matt Brainerd, Executive Director and Founder of Look Ahead America. And I want to introduce you to our guest, Richard Barnard. Richard, welcome to the program. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. So where were you on January 6th? I was having the time almost time of my life in D.C. that morning. We, uh, myself and a couple of friends, were down at the monument. We were listening to our president. Got video of President Trump speaking. Got to listen to Giuliani. Trump Jr. was fantastic. <laughs> uh, and then we decided, for some reason, we decided we were going to go to the Capitol instead of doing what we were going to do, which was go to the war memorials. We're both veterans, both. Former Marine Corps, my buddy is also retired Army. He got out of the Marine Corps before 9-11 and got back into the Army afterwards. And we were both going to go see war memorials and couldn't make it through the crowd. So we went to the over to the Capitol. So when you went to the Capitol, uh, what did you find there? Well, found about, I don't know how many thousand other people already standing there. I've got a video on my phone that shows us walking onto the Capitol grounds. A lady, a lady dressed as the Statue of Liberty walking right in front of me. There's, you know, I've panned left, I've panned right. There's family and friends. Everybody just standing around. Just It's quiet at that point. Just You can hear the murmur of people just standing around talking, doing nothing. And uh, we started making our way toward the front. You started hearing people yelling at the, yelling at the building, which I thought was rather humorous. People were yelling bullshit and decertified the building. Just standing up front, uh, took some video. I got all the way to the front, took some video of the size of the crowd was amazing. I was trying to get a video that would show how many people were there. And I'm standing at the very front. Uh, there's no fighting. There's no nothing. Nothing was going on at that point. It was just a bunch of people yelling BS and, and decertified the building. And I got video of the all the way back to the Washington Monument showing those that five strip, five lane boulevard was just completely packed with people. You couldn't see pavement. Did you um and you do you enter the US Capitol building proper, is that correct? Oh yes we did. We entered the building. We we were standing up front at the time. We hear the we hear this little hush over the crowd and somebody yells, We're going inside. Oh okay, we're going inside. How long were you inside yeah. the building for? Uh, I'm guesstimating about 20 minutes total. We walked in through some open doors, uh, went down a little hallway and made it to what I found out later is called the crypt. I had no clue where this was. It was a small round area. And at that point, we came to the first police officers that we'd seen that whole time. I walked into the crypt and I'm, there's a water bottle, an open water bottle, sitting on top of this one little platform. I still don't know what it is. I've tried looking for pictures, but I'm afraid if I look online that somebody's going to jump my tail thing. I'm back in trying to look at stuff at the Capitol again, so I don't look very hard. But there was this one little stand, and it had an open water bottle. I reached over and grabbed the open water bottle, thinking somebody's going to knock this thing over. It's going to spill on there. And I put it over against the wall, and when I do, I stand up, and there's an officer standing right in front of me. And my first, he looked scared. My first comment to him was, are you okay? And he looked bewildered at me like, yeah, I'm fine. And then we start realizing, they're telling us we can't be there. So my buddy and I start to leave. And about that time, out of the corner of my eye, I see something fly across the room. And I'm figuring out, I think it's another water bottle being thrown at officers. So I turn around to confront the guy who did tell him to knock it off. It's not what we're here for. And about 
all hell break at that point. Everybody just started going nuts at that point. The officers ended up scared of that. So we turned the officers and said, hey, do you have somewhere to go? And they backed up against the wall, and we formed a little barricade in front of them. And the, the, the side of the crowd just kind of got bigger, and they just went on by, and they were looking at us saying, hey, you're not touching the officers. You, may, you can go inside, but you're not touching the officers. About that time, we asked them if they had somewhere else to go. They said, yes, they'd go there now, and we covered their six to get back there. And when we got to this room, we found probably a total of probably about 17 officers in there. Started immediately scanning. Does anybody tell if anybody hurt? Anybody, you know, bleeding? Nobody's bleeding. One guy had a little bit of a raspberry on the side of his cheek with no blood, no nothing. Just a bunch of tired and scared officers. And we asked them, how do we get out of here? And they helped us out through what the first time I saw a broken window was the one that he helped us get back out there. We climbed through a broken window to get back out of the building. And then we pushed our way through the crowd coming in as we were going out. Uh do you remember the name of the officer who you helped when you were in the crypts? It, it's in my, it's in the sentencing paperwork. I don't remember his name, but he received a, a citation. He received an award for valor that day. And before the FBI came to my place of work and my home to arrest me, they had already interviewed him. And he flat out told them he protected us with his, excuse me, he shielded us with his body. He had, they had already spoken this, this one. Shield, of the sorry, officers. shielded you from. He said that he shielded you with his body from who? We shielded him. We uh, shielded him. Oh, okay. So he said to the FBI that you guys shielded him. Yes, he and the other officers in that room. We protected them that day. Then the F, and the FBI knew it before they came to arrest us. They had, they'd already confirmed with him. We that my story that we. Hang on, I'll, I have to back up some. So how we got to this point? First of all. When we went in the building, my friend took a video as we walked in. We made the Huffington Post. We've made all sorts of, look at these two idiots, because they don't even know what building they're in. He's yelling, we're in the White House. We're in the White House. We're not in the White House. We're inside the Capitol, of course. And he's yelling, we're in the White House. We're in the White House. For that, he got a felony. But the rest, that made the Huffington Post because a couple of idiots who don't even know, even know what building they're in. But they came for us. We told them, my buddy sent the video to a friend. A friend sent, that friend, who's not real bright, sent it to another guy who was dyed-in-the-wool liberal. And that guy turned in the video. The FBI went to my friend's friend, got a hold of him. He gave him our name, well, one name, gave him my friend's name. Well, I, my buddy, let's just, I, I get, so the video... The video kind of got shared around it. eventually the IRS, yeah. or, but I'm just, let's, let's focus on. So, yeah. okay. Have you ever been in the U S Capitol prior to this? No, never. Okay. Well, because the thing is um, for years and years and years, and I, I spent a lot of time in DC, you could just walk into the building on any given day. I mean, sometimes you have to go to certain entrances or walk through a, a uh, metal detector, but right. uh, you can just walk into the crypt or as, it, just depending thing. on how the guys are and nobody told you to leave all the doors were open there was no evidence that you had broken into the building or anything like that until you all got all the way to some crypt and some scared uh capital police officer told you hey you're not supposed to be there and then you kind of you escorted him safely and then you you got out of there based on their direction Left. right yes. is that it in a nutshell supposedly we're supposed to know we couldn't be in there is what they're saying well here in texas there is one person running for office. She runs every freaking year. 
And her only claim to fame was that she was inside our state capitol yelling from the rotunda while the Senate was taking a, a, a vote on an abortion bill. That is her claim to fame inside the Senate chambers, in the rotunda, while they were voting. Right. That's how a wife's supposed to know that you couldn't go inside this, our capital. Right. So you um, you and your your uh, friend, is that a fair word, uh, Shane Witcher, um, you guys were kind of, you guys were in the video. He was the one, you know, saying, hey, we're inside the White House. Um, yeah, God bless him. Uh, yeah. You you were charged. What were you charged with? Four counts, four misdemeanor counts. Uh, I don't have them directly in front of me, but it's the same four misdemeanors. Mm -hmm. everywhere. And the only, it's parading, it's disturbing, it's, it's right. uh, disrupting. It's the same four everybody gets. I wish I had them in front of me right now. Oh, we're, we're, we're very familiar with them. It's, it's okay. Well, did you, did you, four? and you pled guilty to them, correct? I pled guilty to one. And that was entering the building, which I admit I did. And I have no problem admitting I entered the building because I didn't think it was going to be that big a deal. I entered the building. It was trespassing. What do you do with a trespasser? I get that it's the capital, But at the same time, it was it was walking inside of an open door. So I didn't think any well, the of this question was though, Well, the question, though, is, I mean, there's very good arguments as to why you should have no expectation that you were trespassing in it. But... You decided to plead guilty rather than rolling the dice on the four charges. You just pled guilty to the one, correct? That was You took well, that deal. That's part of the reason. The other part of the reason is that if I did not take the deal, then they were going to throw the book at my friend who had they had thrown a felony on him and would have destroyed him. If I, hadn't, if I had decided to fight this, which I was ready to just go at him, I had, hell, I had nothing else to lose. I lost my job, everything else. So I had nothing else to lose. So I was ready to fight it. But if I had, they were going to throw the book at Shane. So I took my plea. If I didn't take the plea for the trespassing, I would, he was going to get crushed. How do you know that? How do you know they're going to go after well, him for felony if, they, if you didn't plead guilty? What came from he and his attorney, from Shane and his attorney? That's the way I was. That's the way it was told to me. <clears throat> and and uh, what was your what were you sentenced to? I was sentenced to 30 days of home detention, one year of probation, um, 60 hours of community service, which I didn't care about any of it, except that I also have lost my guns, uh, the right to travel anywhere unless I, have, I ask permission. Wait, how, uh, long is, how long is your probation for? A year? It's for one, but I've already been on probation for one year prior to the sentencing. As soon as they arrested me, my probation began that day. I, I was I was told to get all my guns out of my house, which I did. I did that rather than them taking them. So wait, misdemeanor and, misdemeanor trespass a yes. year like a long time ago. You still are not allowed yes. to have firearms. I am still not allowed to have my firearms. When will you be allowed to have your firearms again? February fourth of next year. And you have to give somebody notice when you get on an airplane or leave. What your county, your state. Oh. Uh, the Western District of Texas. I cannot go to visit my uncle in the Panhandle up in the Northeast Texas without asking permission. I cannot go to my son's college up at UNT without asking permission. I cannot go to the Panhandle to even bow hunt without permission. How, and I can't go. 
how, how, how easy is it to get permission? Have they been denying you permission or are they pretty loose about, you know, okay, yeah, fine, I, go. I, I haven't really asked yet. I, it, it pissed me off the thought of it. So I'm just doing my time and I really haven't even asked yet. Seems kind of, so, now, that seems pretty asinine. Now, I mean, we're talking about, okay, you had probation and 30 days and community service, but it sounds like you also paid a pretty big price. You said you lost your oh. job. What job did you lose and why? I lost a job with Highland Homes because they walked into the my place of work and with full guns, took me out in leg irons and handcuffs from a meeting I was holding with a homeowner. And that's the F- the, F- the FBI elected to do that to you. Yeah. Did you have it any came- prior do you have any prior record of violent, of anything? Zero. Nothing. I am clean as a whistle. The only only tickets I only time I ever had any issues was not paying a traffic ticket and those were a long time ago. What's wrong what's wrong with the people at Highland Homes that they don't give you your job back? It embarrassed them. That's exactly it. I had won every award I could possibly win with them. I had they were I received tools, t shirts. I have plaques on my wall that more plaques in the in the two and a half years I was with them than anybody had received in that same time frame and awarded by them multiple times over and written up in their company magazine as well. What did you do and for them? Walked, what was your job over there? I was a warranty manager to start with because they needed a lot of cleanup on warranty. And then once I got that done, I asked them about building. They made me a builder in a subdivision, which me and myself and one other builder, we cleaned that subdivision up and turned it into what it is today, which is huge. So this is a company, Highland Homes, phone number 972-789-3500. They're based in Plano, Texas, and they present themselves as being kind of this all-American house construction yep. business. And they get one guy who walked into a building, a public building, have, and honestly, others have beaten the charge. You, you're aware that others have beaten the charge of... Because it's just not trespassing and you walk into a public building with an open door with no expectation of not being there. And you leave immediately afterwards, along with performing heroism. So Highland Homes, um, they, I, while charges were being figured out and everything like that, maybe they spend you. But no, they just straight up fired you, right? Oh, they, they fired me. Came from the, the guy who did it. My boss, my immediate bosses didn't want it. The guy who did it came from Dallas, drove down here. It was 8 o'clock in the morning. I'd, show, I'd actually shown up about 45 minutes early because I had to do something in one of my houses that I went ahead and did myself, took care of, bought parts for, and handled. I get to my desk, and I get a phone call saying, hey, can you meet me at the office? And I'm thinking, huh, that's weird. And I turned to my buddy and said, hey, is that strange? Have they contacted you to meet them at the, at the, at the model home? He said, nope. I knew exactly what was coming at that point. Walked in there and he's sitting there and just said, you are no longer employed with us. Here's a severance package signed here saying you won't come back and sue them. And I went, I took it because I needed the money because I knew what was about to happen with the rest of it. Do uh, you remember the guy that did that? What his name was? Uh, Marchbanks. I'll so, never forget him. Sorry, say it again. Tony Marchbanks. Tony Marchbanks at Highland Homes fired a patriotic American who was expressing his First Amendment rights, committed no violence, was a phenomenal employee. Um, I, you know, honestly, I, I'd be pretty embarrassed to be living in a Highland Homes or doing any business with them, to be honest with you. Less than a 
month earlier, he came down and had lunch with me and two other builders and gave us power tools as a reward for our, for our good work. Less than a month earlier, he had sat down to eat lunch with me knowing damn well he was going to be firing me soon, that he was going through the process of firing me. And I knew there was something up at that lunch because he didn't speak to me much. I knew there was something going on, but I didn't know what. Uh, you, how much does the legal fees cost you? Well, my legal fees didn't cost me as much because right when I had to find an attorney where they were all telling me minimum $50,000 retainer, up to 100 plus just for the retainer. Since I was fired during the week where, where the judge said, you need to find an attorney. And in between that and the point where I was supposed to come with an attorney, I was fired, terminated, and the judge appointed an attorney for me. What cost me all my money was, first of all, I had just taken out a car loan with Wells Fargo to downsize my wife's Suburban to try to save money. So we downsized the car and had a loan with Wells Fargo. Well, Wells Fargo, who I've been with for almost four decades, closed my accounts. And now I'm only, at this point, I'm only indicted. I'm, a, I'm less than one month out from being arrested for in, and indicted. I have no, no trial whatsoever at this point. I'm fired from my job, and Wells Fargo shuts down my accounts. Now, Wells Fargo. How do you shut down? Car. How do you shut down somebody's account when you? Yeah, explain. Oh, with you owe the money. How do they shut? Is it a free car now, or what happens? I no. I what? Well, I had my accounts with them. My bank accounts with them. I also I had had three home loans with them. I went. They they sent a letter to me saying we are going to be terminating your 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 accounts with us. You have till this date. It was like about a month to. Empty out your accounts, and if anything left in there at that point, we'll send you a check. So we waited. We went and tried to find banks, started looking for banks. But immediately, the first thing I thought was, holy crap, what are they going to do with our, our car loan? So we locked my wife's forerunner in the garage, shut it down, locked it tight. And I, we didn't drive it for four or five days. I sold off my uh, my retirement and paid off the loan and paid off all debts, wondering what the hell was about to come down on us. We paid off all of our debts, and that cost me our retirement. Then it came down to nobody, and I mean nobody, would hire me. I went through three, four interviews a day sometimes, 10, 15 interviews a week for the first few months. And everybody was, oh, yeah, we got you. We want you. We want you. We want you. And then they go to their HR department, and it was crickets. Those departments, honestly, I just want to sidebar here. If you are in an organization or business with an HR department and you have people in your HR department that did not come up through the business itself, like you just went out and hired like an HR person, you, you're doing it wrong and you're doing your business and your employees a disservice. If, if they did not sweat the same sweat you did building that business as everybody else and they maybe got some HR training and you moved them over there, you're doing it wrong because you get this is a, an avenue for leftists to infect and take over your company. They do it through the HR departments. Um, I'm sorry for interrupting you, uh, Richard. Please continue. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Hey, that's exactly it. So I went through all these. and every what The problem was you can't Google my name. When my name pops up, all you see is my ugly mug sitting inside the crypt, and it's a close-up of my face and Shane's face. And that's what you get every time you Google my name. So every HR department went to Google my name, and I told them, you know, I would tell them before the interview even. I said, it, you're, you're going to have a problem here. Just FYI, this is where I am. This is what happened. And I was honest with every one of them. And hey, we don't care. We don't get, we're not worried about that. We're not worried. Come on in. 
there was one interview. I swear I felt like I was a fish inside of a tank because there was a glass window between the seating area and, and the, uh, the waiting room and the offices. And I turned around at one point and saw everybody flip and turn around, but it was like they were tapping on the glass going, it's him. I had an interview. There was three of us there, and I blew every one of them out of the water. My experience was way over anything these guys had. We walked out, and they were all going, well, you got the job. And I thought for sure I did. And then crickets. I tried calling. I tried emailing. I tried getting a hold. It was, wasn't even a return phone call. You That's know. what got What's your skill set exactly? I spent eight years in Marine Corps Infantry Reserves. I've got 10 years with Sam's Club as the manager where I started off uh, installing tires with them back when I got out of boot camp. I've got 11 years managing with Costco. I've got eight years of home building with a custom builder and another three years home building with uh, almost just just a month shy of three years with Highland. What... Um what are you doing now? I work for a friend of mine who's got a roofing business. I make I make almost my base pay with Highland. Um, my buddy who had a roofing business who probably needed me more than anyone else has ever needed someone to do the job, and he takes real good care of me. I tell you, I do my best to take care of him, and you know, I've, my background has helped with a lot of other things he's had issues with, but. He takes good care of me, and I'm, I'm doing my best to make sure I take care of him. You know, I, I, uh, I'm i glad that you uh, seem to have found something that compensates you fairly. And But I know that a lot of these folks, and, and interesting enough, I was actually talking to somebody earlier today whose family member uh, is going to be one of the first people to be released from prison having served their sentence. And I can't imagine the uh, difficulties that many of these people have. It's like a, a red mark. And I kind of feel like... Well, I mean, look at America. We we don't have a huge ability to hire people, but we have a little bit of ability. But I, I wish there were other organizations, folks, that would, in the same way that they have special hiring programs for certain uh, categories or classes of people, would just straight up hire, hey, we're going to hire these jobs reserved for, we're, we're give priority to people who were uh, sentenced or tried or uh, had their lives destroyed for their nonviolent, peaceful activities on January 6th. I feel like the, the the entire right wing apparatus in this country should be welcoming these individuals, but they're such GD cowards. I mean, they, they, they did not raise a, a, and they'll scream about being MAGA right and standing up for liberty and, and raise money off of you and beg you for votes. But man, I can count on one hand the number of people who who said a word about you guys in prison who are in Congress or in the Senate. I. Or, or, and you look at these organizations outside of it, all the ones, even the ones that claim to be, you know, doing America first, uh, like legal work, um, not a nothing for you guys. And well, this I haven't spoken to any of them until you. And like I said, when y'all first contacted me, I was, I was pretty aggressive at you. I was not, I was not sure who you were, what you wanted. And I was fairly rude at the very beginning, just because I don't trust. Anybody. <laughs> Who did you give a hard time to? It wasn't me. It was somebody else. Was it Julie? Julie. Oh, Julie's the best. Julie's, oh, Julie's she's got, been, she's so patient. She's, oh, very. And then somebody else piped in, and I don't remember who it was, that, hey, we're just here trying, we've been working our butts off trying to help you guys. And I was like, oh, yeah, I need to look this, these people up because I'm offending these people. And that's, that's, if you were really a gutless, spineless coward, that 
most of these are. I, you wouldn't be offended by this. You just turn it off and be gone. So I looked y'all up and went, holy cow, <laughs> these are the people to talk to, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, what, we put the podcast out. We've done other um, activities on uh, for January 6th, folks. I mean, we've kind of we've been the icebreaker on it going all the way back to January of 2021. Um, but it's just so disappointing that uh, so many other organizations that have so much more heft and uh, so much more finances or resources than us have not come to bear. But I guess that's just that's just the path that we're on. And, you know, I uh, so, well, so be I it. That opportunity to talk about, you know, what the, the thing that gets me is, you know, it's for first of all, misdemeanors to be fired from your job, to be to have your bank account closed, to have the internet blasted. My wife is even blasted on the internet. We just, it got to where I just, I just don't Google myself anymore. I don't look it up. It pissed me off, it makes me want to go out and whoop somebody's backside. But to be, to lose everything we've got, and I don't talk about it much because I, I write letters to, um, um, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just lost his name in my head. Um, one of the political prisoners, dad, damn it, I can't, cannot believe I just can't get his name out of my head now. Um, but I write letters to him and I talk about this and I try not to talk about the negative of what he's going to face when he comes out of there, but it's going to be brutal. It's, I mean, the, the, the people who are coming out of jail, I can't imagine what they're going to face because they have spent time in jail now and their convictions. Oh my gosh. I had, I spent one night in jail and I think, and I, I thank God because I think we've come out with this a lot lighter than a whole bunch of other people did one night in jail, 30 days of home detention, a year of probation. It's, it's minimal compared to what some of these folks are getting. And I don't understand how people can sit back and be okay with people being held in jail for misdemeanors they know it's misdemeanors and they're held in jail and being beat up over this i just made a phone call to the u.s marshal this morning over the treatment of some of these prisoners um, um what's his what's her name um ashley babbitt's mother came out talking about what mm -hmm. was going on inside of these prisoners I put. I made my phone call in. Uh, Mason. Uh, Mason Corson. That's who I've been writing to over at the North Neck, Northern Neck Regional Jail. And I try to do the same thing to keep him, keep his spirits up, to help him with, to get through this and get out of this jail and, and and not not beat himself up on this thing. But at the same time, I know what they're going to face when they get out of here. Is I've been living it. You cannot get a job. It's hard as hell to get a job. You know, you, you actually kind of gave me an idea here. You kind of given me an idea. Is that um, what I'd, I'd like to do is have Look Ahead America create uh, a resume bank for people who are uh, who are victims of January 6th. And so basically, if you're an employer and you want to see if any of these individuals are in your area, you want to explicitly go out and give them a shot, at least an interview. And if it works out, hire them. Um, I think I think we should start a resume bank. Um, that was an interesting thing to do myself. If I could get if I found if I could just find a way to get the two hundred plus thousand that this has cost me in retirement, savings loss, potential earnings that I've lost by losing my job and what I was making, 
If I had that, I would start my own business. I'd be done with it again. I'd never work for someone ever again. Never. I would find people who were J6ers and I would hire people they don't damn good well. I had their back. Yeah, well, and you got and you got a name for the company too, J Six Roofing or whatever. (laughs) Oh, you know it. (laughs) And that's the fact that the FBI tried to turn my buddy and I against each other multiple times. And there are some people out there who went to D.C. with friends, and they have stabbed their friends in the back. Right here in Central Texas, there's a guy who is living scot free, who stabbed his buddy in the back to make sure he got off free. I. Shane and I never even contemplated that. It never even, when Shane came to me and said, Hey, the FBI just came to me and they wanted to know your name and I haven't given it to them yet. I told him, Give it to them. Give them my name. I'm not letting you go down alone on this. They've got, give them my name. So he, he did not give them my name until I said, and I forced him to give them my name, give the FBI my name. And I, we both voluntarily walked in and interviewed with them to have our doors kicked in and gunpoint. I used to have it on the recording of my ring doorbell of the SWAT team coming into my house. My wife said there were two guys on that team who, who kept an eye on her while she was sitting on the couch. My son was coming home from school that day. And he, she said, if, she, if you had told her that these two had bodies buried somewhere, she would have believed it. They were, said they were like that. And then to have them come surround a, a model home with guns drawn, long guns, and come in shoving me around to take me out in leg irons and handcuffs for misdemeanors misdemeanors right and with no no history of violence or anything None. like that it's just it, or anything really it, uh, well, you know look <laughs> well you, this conversation has certainly given me uh ideas for, to think about and uh to be very clear if you're doing uh any banking with wells fargo find different because it's not just you guys that they've shut down bank accounts on it's other people. no it's not and I would oh, also yeah. say another bank that's on the no-no list is Bank of America, who turned over yep. uh, like uh, the mobile app data on anybody that just happened to be near the capital. I, I closed that account like within 24 hours of finding out about this. But also uh, Highland Homes, real scumbags um, for their treatment of a phenomenal employee over. I mean, surely they've got other folks on their payroll over there that have had misdemeanors or Maybe even oh, yeah. felonies, right? I mean, come on, it's the construction business, right? Yes, sir. And maybe well, maybe people who don't have their uh, working papers in order. I don't know. You tell me. That as far as working papers, I would think not. They hire a lot of college graduate boys to do their building. What they and then the rest of it is all subcontractors. Subcontractors, okay, but the subcontractors yeah. are how they get around that, right? Yes, exactly. Well, That's okay, exactly so how- these guys are hi- knowingly employing illegal aliens and other criminals but firing a, a real j6 patriot that's that's the kind of people at highland homes in texas so yes sir. and if sure. anybody at highland homes happens to hear this come at me with that defamation suit just bring it i'm ready um do you is there any party thoughts you want to share with us uh with our audience richard just pray for those who are still in jail because that's going to be they don't know yet they that jail is hard and i get it getting beaten daily or getting maced by officers is difficult but when they get out it's all going to start from there that's where you're going to try to get on with your life you're going to try to try to build a career and it's just not there it just isn't there that's the problem 
and I feel for them when they get out. And I right, like I said, writing to Mason, I I stay positive with them. And here's what got me: with the first when this first happened, I told my wife, I mean, it was nice. I didn't sleep for for a good month, man. I would get an hour of sleep a night. And I'd wake up just furious until I came to the conclusion of one thing. And one thing that's helped me get through this thing is that. In no position, no time in my life would I ever put myself in a position like this. I would not have been. I don't go to to peaceful protests, or I don't go to protest for. I don't go. I don't go to rallies. I go to Trump rallies, but I don't go to places to protest. I don't do that for any reason. But God put me there for a reason. Is the only thing I can figure. Either I was there to stop something, something I did that day. Stop. Well, you know, something. I, I actually have a, a different thought on that, and maybe it's not that. Maybe it's what you're going to do afterwards because if you look at history um there are many momentous political leaders who only accomplished what they did after serving time often unjustly in prison and we all know nelson mandela another one that's probably a little bit lesser known is probably the father of modern india uh vinayak uh veer savakar a lot of people who made positive impacts, great impacts in history only did so after having been sentenced to and serving time in prison. And after that, then, you know, it sort of changed them in such a way that it gave them a new focus. So it, perhaps you or others, um, I just sort of wonder if we've got a future congressman, senator, or even president who has suffered in prison, pretrial detention, suffered this grave dis- injustice and is now going to make their mark on the world. And I'm certainly looking forward to helping them along that process and uh, see that when the the left or the FBI or the DOJ and the other people that persecuted this, uh, this grave injustice against patriotic Americans, they think that this was the right thing to do. But man, that pendulum swings back really hard, really fast in ways you don't expect it. So I figure I'm never know why I was there. I maybe a reason I'll never know until I reach my my last days. But you know what? There was a reason. I have to believe there was, and it could be any number of things. It could be, if we like I said, somehow never know. But there's a reason for it, and that's helped me to sleep at night. And there's a reason why these patients are sitting in jail. There's got to be, and I figure it's because they're stronger than I am. That's why they're they're put to a bigger, heavier test. But they must be strong. They've got to be strong or else they wouldn't be put, getting put to this test. Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, look, I'm glad you were able to join us. Um, wrap this uh, podcast up now by saying appreciate everybody from listening. Uh, please uh, continue to support people like our J6 prisoners. Please continue to support Look Ahead America so we can continue to shine a light on their work. And now we have a new project, a uh resume bank for uh, January 6th political prisoners and those who have been persecuted by our government uh, for their uh, peaceful actions that day. Uh, and I encourage you to stay in touch with us at lookaheadamerica.org and sign up for our email list. Uh, this is Matt Brainerd, Executive Director of Look Ahead America. America first, America forever.